Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Glad that we can uh, be here for our Bible class. If everybody wants to come on in and grab a seat, uh, we'll get started. Uh, we're in for a treat this uh, morning and the rest of this week. Hope that you will be able to join us for our uh, gospel meeting. Our theme this weekend is, or this week, is uh, kingdom living. Yesterday we had a fantastic men's day. Had a group of probably uh, about 50 or so from probably uh, at least three, maybe four different congregations uh, show up and had a, a great time. Uh, we were blessed by our speaker, uh, Mr. Larry Nunley. He lives in Texas now, but he grew up in Martin, so not too far from here. Uh, and his uh, wife, Patricia, and they have four daughters. I think the oldest one is 26, all the way down to 15, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So uh, blessed with uh, four daughters. And again, yesterday, he, he blessed us with some fantastic lessons. I, I had heard Larry once or twice on, online parts of his lesson and uh, was expecting good. And he delivered. And I, I mean, encourage, encourage that he will uh, challenge us and encourage us today and the rest of the week. So I do hope that you will take the opportunity uh, to be here and to be with us as we talk about uh, kingdom living. I believe this morning's Bible class is on the book of Jonah. So if you want to go and turn your Bibles there, that's where our class will be here in just a few minutes. Uh, and before we get started with class, let's bow in prayer. God, our Father, we come to you this morning and we are thankful for today. Thankful for the opportunity to to wake up and to live. Thank you for the opportunity to come here together with our family that meets here at JA. Lord, we pray that you will be with each and every member. We thank you for those who may be visiting with us this morning and bringing them our way and them being interested in biblical truth and having a relationship with you, God. Lord, pray that you will be with all of our Bible classes, be with our kids as they are meeting in their Bible classes this morning and bless them and help them to, uh, to learn and to grow, uh, to know you better so that they can follow you one day all of their lives, God. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings that we've had uh, in our families and in this family uh, recently, God. Lord, we've also had some difficulty with loss of loved ones and sicknesses. And, and Lord, I'm thankful that you know all of those situations perfectly well and that you're ready to act. And Lord, we pray that you will act according to your will. We pray for good health. We pray for good results. We pray for good news. Uh, And Lord, we pray that you will help us to be faithful if those things don't happen. Mm. Lord, we thank you for your brother Larry, our brother Larry, uh, your servant. And Lord, we pray that you will be with him and and bless him today and tonight and in the coming days as he is here with us, God. And we pray that you will help him as he presents your word to us. Uh, Lord, we know your word is powerful, and we pray that you will use Larry mightily to present your word to us, God. Uh, Lord, forgive us for our sins, and when we fail and mess up, help us to have the courage to stand up and try again. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who shows us the way, and pray that you'll help us to be more like him each day. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Me? All right. Okay. In Matthew 28, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's our job, and it is the gospel, and the gospel simply means good news. You know, I said to someone, I said, news comes in three ways, general, good, and bad. General news is There's a car outside. That's general news. Bad news is there's a car outside. Someone hit the car, and it's your car. Good news is there's a car outside. Someone hit the car. It's your car, but the person who hit it is Bill Gates. 
news is applied in its areas. So the good news, there's a purpose for it, is to bring good results. Good news, good results. Makes sense, right? So when we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about a power of good results. Good results where? In your individual life, in your home, on your job, everywhere. Because God wants everything. God does not want you to section off him in these walls, in these walls. God does not want you to come and say, oh, I'm going to God Sunday morning. That, that's not the idea. The good news is about your whole existence, everything about you. It can't be sectioned off because God wants all or none. So when we talk about the good news, we're talking about a message that brings life. And that's the important thing to remember Coming to church is not about a ritual that you, per, you, perf, you perfect uh, uh, in your Christian walk. You do it so well to where you just do it naturally. That's not what God came for. He's bigger than walls and signs. So God sends Jonah to send this, to send this message. Get for me uh, Jonah... Start like at verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So Jonah rose and... Hold up. He says, go to Nineveh and call out against it. Why? Because I'm about ready to destroy it. What I want you to do is go send them a buffer. Give them an opportunity. Now, ultimately, that's good news. Because uh, 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 my doctor gives me a buffer every time. He said, Larry, if you don't stop eating fried chicken like you do, <laughs> something's going to happen. That's some good news. But it's for protection. It's to bring something to keep you safe. It's to bring life. And so Jonah went out and did what? Now Jonah ran <laughs> from God. A prophet of God ran from God. And so he ran down to Joppa. Is it said Joppa? He ran down there and he gets on a boat. And what happened? Yeah. God, I mean, Jonah ran from God. That's funny, isn't it? 
He ran from God, got on a boat made out of God's wood, put in God's water, trying to hide from God's storm. And so he's in the boat doing what? Let's back up. The storm comes and it frightens everyone. Everyone is scared. Now, who is everyone? There's people in your classroom. On your job. In your home. At play. In the supermarket. At the library. That's who they are. And God sends a storm called politics. Called economy. Called life. And what did it say? He says these people were in the boat and they did what? They start calling on their gods. You remember They said after 9-11, when those planes flew into those buildings, they said after that, they said the attendances of temples, mosques, and churches shot up. People are calling on their gods. They were scared. Why? Because the amount of money they had in the bank didn't matter. They were scared what happened when COVID hit. People start calling on their gods. They were afraid. The world is afraid. Wow. Jonah. 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 Who's Jonah? People are scared. 9-11, the war in Ukraine the economy, health, epidemics and pandemics and politics and economics and racism and sexism and isms and people are scared. Keep reading. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Got lost. All right, verse 6. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise and call out to your God. What do you mean, you sleep? To the captain, to the world, it was ridiculous for Jonah. He didn't know he was a prophet. But it was ridiculous for Jonah to be lying in the bottom of a boat sleep amidst all of this chaos. It didn't make sense to him. What? Read that part again. What do you mean, you 
What do you mean? What is wrong with you? Don't you know people are dying around you and you are asleep? Please participate in this. Please participate in this. Raise your hand if you know someone whose life, whose soul is in danger. The gospel is not taught by osmosis. It just doesn't fall down and then, oh, I get it. It, it does, it's not preached that way. Church, Jonah is in the bottom of a boat. And these people are screaming out to their God. They're nervous about their 401ks and their investments. Their future, oh, they're getting papers out and they're checking with the people who they're supposed to check with and making sure the numbers and oh my goodness, and then I gotta look at this. And people are nervous. They're calling on their gods. The biggest religion in the world is Christianity. Two thirds of the world, I believe, is said is Christian, Christianity. Or has the Christian belief. But the fastest growing religion today is the Muslim religion. Wake up! It's people who I love, I, 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 I love and I taught the gospel to them. <sighs> Some of them didn't respond. And they passed on. I don't know what God is going to do. I don't know. But it hurts in here. Wake up. Because I know you love them. I know you love them. I know you do. Back then, Paul preached. Paul was stoned and left for dead on the outside of the city. Paul got back up and went back into the city. That didn't prevent him from preaching the gospel. You and I, what stops us? I don't want anybody to feel like I'm judgmental. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not that kind of a person. I don't know them. I'm saved. <laughs> Wake up. We have a powerful message that you're not responsible for. You didn't make it, so if you go tell somebody, you don't have to worry about it performing the way you said it would. It's not your message. But you are the vehicle. Let it go. 
Man, let it go. And let's go get some people. Because Jonah was in the bottom of this boat, sleep, and this guy said, Aren't you a Christian? Aren't you filled with the Holy Spirit? Isn't your target audience on deck, screaming and crying, going crazy? Then why are you down here asleep? Wake up. Y'all, there, there, there's a power in the word of God. Oh, it's so powerful. I said this yesterday, and some of you may, so one person knew who I was talking about. Some of you know, may know what I'm talking about. They did an accidental study. They did a study and came up with some, accidentally came up with some results that was mind-blowing. They was doing a study about the Word of God. And the study showed that when you study God's Word one time a week, and that's just like what you're doing now. You're here at church, so you open, and that's the only time you do it. Nothing really happened. Two times a week, nothing really happened. Three times a week, there was a little blip. Four times a week, it shot off the scale. Four times a week, in God's word, four times a week, it shot off the scale. And what was the effect? They said depression dropped 30%. Viewing pornography dropped 60%. Sharing your faith, evangelizing, 230%, I would believe it was. Jonah. How old are you? You sure? (laughs) He was like, At 20, how old are you, young man? 12? Oh, both of you? Are y'all twins? Oh, all right, okay. God's word in you, it will make you a stronger man. Not just waiting to come to Sunday school and read it. But you take it home. And mom and daddy read together. You're talking about getting people ready by giving them uh, 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 you know, a degree and trying to do this and trying to build this. and try- Stick God's word in all of that. Because people are on deck going crazy. Church, church, let's go get them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says, all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus, all of them. Well, so when God says it, it works. 
get for me Matthew 16, 18. Matthew's in the New Testament. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eighteen. Here is a statement by Christ that is not only powerful, but it is reassuring of our future. It's not only powerful, but it's reassuring of our future. Yes, sir. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And guess what? All the hell in your life will fall to it. Name it. Sickness, death, poverty, pain, all of it, you're going to step above it. I don't know if y'all listen, that should be an amen right there. I'm not talking religion. I'm talking God. I'm not talking religion. I'm talking God. Jesus promised. What did he say in Romans chapter 8 about us? We are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. And he went on to say, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. So in the bottom of the boat, wake up. Now, keep reading when Jonah, in Jonah, I'm sorry to keep bouncing back and forth. In Jonah, uh, uh, what verse did you stop on? Okay. Keep reading. Uh, verse 6. What do you mean you sleep or arise? Call out to your God. Perhaps the God uh, will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Do you imagine God sitting there listening to this guy and God said, perhaps. <laughs> Don't he know who he talked to? <laughs> you better ask somebody. <laughs> perhaps. Go ahead. Uh huh. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. <laughs> God told on him. <laughs> God went, it's him. Listen, listen, listen right now what he's about to say. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? Keep going. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's a significant statement. He said, I am the God, excuse me, he said, I serve the God of heaven who did what? The sea and the dry land. Why is that significant? Because back then, he said they were calling on their gods. Well, back then, gods were territorial. Gods had specific, or the God of wheat or the god of this or the god of rain the god of sun the god you know they had different territories 
What was Jonah basically saying? I serve the God over your God. My God made the sea and the earth. My God's bigger than your God. My God's bigger than yours. My God made heaven and earth, so my God's bigger than yours. Come on, y'all. He made every. Jonah was proclaiming God. My God. My God created everything. Y'all, there has to be a fight. I'm sorry. But there's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And the God of this world, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. That God is boasting about his power. Your job and my job is to stand up and say, My God's bigger than your God. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a spiritual fight. We have to remember that it's a fight. Paul said in Ephesians Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual evil in high places. We wrestle. It's a fight. And guess what? I'm sorry, parents, but he's after them too. You don't believe me? Get a TikTok and watch it. Am I right? Get on your internet. He's after them. Ephesians 2, the God of the airways. He's after you through your phone, your computer. That doesn't make the phone and computer the sin, but he uses that. Oh, he's after, and he's trying to get as quick as he can. I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, I had a little uh, cousin, uh, two years old. I was making a fire. He's two. I was making a fire in, in the fireplace, and he crawled up, just me and the kid, crawled up. I said, uh-uh, uh, Aubrey, get back. Then I went back to make fire. He shot up again. I grabbed him. said, no. I said, no. And he sat back. And I turned my head, and I, but I had my peripheral on him. You know that big head little boy? You know what he was doing? He was trying to sneak up there and get to the fire. I should have let him go. I should have let him go. But my point is, he figured out, I have to sneak past Unk to get to that fire. Satan starts early. And it's a war. Church, kingdom, we have to wake up. We can no longer sit back and just be quiet and think, oh, well, that's so bad. We have to do something. Do you know 85%, I believe it's 85% or even higher, could be even much higher, 
percent of the United States believe in God in some shape, form, or fashion. But it was that small percentage that says, we don't want your Bible in the schools or our court system, so get it out. What do we do? That's so shame. Oh, that's just pitiful. Can you read the Bible out loud at school now? You know why? We got to wake up. We have the power of God. And he said, we've already won. So go fight. Don't worry about what people think about you. Be more concerned about what God thinks about you. You're not too old. You're not too young. I had a friend. I tried to preach. Passed away. There was a, has anyone ever heard, uh, 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 especially the younger people, have you ever heard uh, Letters from Hell? My daughter showed me this, and I played this at the church. Just a little voice thing about a little boy. He was a little boy. He was a teenager, high school. And he was in a car wreck and died. And he writes a letter back to his Christian friend. He says, I'm sitting here about ready to be judged. And the only thing I want to know is, why didn't you tell me about this? You were a Christian. You went to church. He said, even at school, when people talked about God, you would slowly exit away. You never said anything to me. Why? And you said you was my friend. Now I have to face this judgment. I'm going to be in torment. He ended the letter and then he put under it, P.S. Wishing you were here. I don't want you to walk away from this Bible class thinking, oh, okay, class is over, let's move on. I want you to be cut to the heart. I'm not going to jump on you like this during the sermon so y'all can come back. <laughs> but y'all, we, we really do. We really do. I go to a ball game like a professional game or go see the Rangers or the Cowboys or something. Cowboy friend, hello, thank you. I go to a game and I sit and I just look around all these people and the first thing come to my mind, Larry, is I wonder how many of them are saved. Because one day God is going to come back and he is going to judge. He really is going to do it. It's going to happen. So let's give our friends, families, and loved ones 
a chance. If they get mad and go, oh, just plant the seed. Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. You don't have to beat people up. The Bible says in Hebrews that the Bible is a sword, not a hammer. Not to beat people over the head with it. You people in other churches, you don't do it. That's not the purpose of it. You homosexuals, that's not the purpose of it. You fornicators, no, that's not the purpose. You don't need to judge people. Love them, but you got to preach the truth to them. Because Jesus said, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue is going to confess. The scriptures say, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. God says, every knee shall bow and every uh, tongue is going to confess. I want all my loved ones to do that while they are living. So, Jefferson Street, kingdom dwellers, citizens of the kingdom of God, let's go take the land. It's yours for the taking. On your job, your cubicle, in the seat next to you in the truck, out on the field. God put you there for a reason. And it wasn't for you to work on a tree or clean an office. It's not for that purpose. It's for you to get into somebody's life. And that somebody could be sitting right next to you right now. Let's go get them. If you haven't put Christ on in baptism, if not, why not? He's calling us now. God wants us now. If you're sitting there and you haven't been baptized into Christ, and you kind of, well, I don't know what to do. Is it where my church teaches this and I've been there? Come talk to me afterwards. I'll be here. I'm the black guy. I'm easy to find. But please, don't just walk away. Because God wants you. He wants you. He loves you. So let's go get them. Jefferson, you will never believe until you go how many people have been waiting. My sister's best friend, my sister, my wife's best friend, uh, I baptized her and uh, was talking to her. And my wife was on the phone talking to her, just talking to her. And I got on the phone and said, hey, girl, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, uh, uh, whatever her name is, I forgot her name. Uh, hey, girl, I said, blah, blah, blah. And I asked, I said, hey, can I talk to you about God? Guess what her response was? It's about time. <laughs> I met a guy at, the vol- at my uh, volleyball, uh, my daughter's volleyball games. We was talking, he's from New York. He's from New York. And, and, and 
I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I start slowly, because I always ask God, Lord, let me, you know, get an in. Let me figure a way to get to put God in where it won't be awkward or something. So let me get it in. And when I got it in, start talking, he said, wait a minute, you a preacher? He said, yeah. Aren't you supposed to be telling me about God anyway? (laughs) You'd be surprised. People are waiting. The ones who you think, no, I don't want to talk to him. He won't listen. Yes, he will. Yes, she will. You know why? John 6, Jesus said, no one could come to me except the Father who sent me. Draw him. All those sinners that we're looking at and condemning, God is drawing them. Matthew 9, he just need more laborers. Jesus said, the harvest is plenty. But the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he may send more reapers. Then he goes into Matthew chapter 10 and he lists. I hear bell. He lists his 12 apostles. Let's go get them. Jefferson, I love you. Mwah. <laughs> 